This is a Baby Brunch podcast. Baby Brunch, the parenting series, is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. With FedHealth, you create your perfect medical aid. From the benefits you want to how and how much you pay. Visit fedhealth.co.za and switch to FedHealth now. FedHealth, create your aid. When I heard there's a book on menstruation, I was like, okay, Women's Month, my ears are bleeding. There's definitely not enough conversations around this. Even sitting around a coffee the other day with my husband, I said to him, have you thought about this just in general? He said, um, I don't need to because you're quite outspoken about this. And generally, I feel I'm quite an empathetic, actually really shy person. And now today I get to talk about menstruation on a public platform and I needed support because this is something that I couldn't do on my own. And after reading the manuscript and then the book, I was like every person, every mom, every man, every son should be informed and know about this flow. It's a book about menstruation. So my experts are joining me today. I'm really lucky to have three amazing women who is part of Parent and Baby Brunch today. Not all of them are parents, but that's besides the point. All of them has got a story to tell around menstruation. And I'm just too excited that there's a book about this that informs you about everything around it. Uh, Candice, you go first. Who are you and why are you here? I am Candice. Um, I'm the Minister of Menstruation. Um, as the people like to call me on the social medias, I am a menstruation activist, also an academic. Um, and I'm also an author of the book, The Flow About the Book of Menstruation. And I'm really excited to just talk about how we build a period positive world in South Africa. Because I think oftentimes we don't talk about period poverty beyond the mental, the physical and the political. So I'm really excited for the conversation today. Claire, I adore you. Tell everyone what you do, why you're part of this, and why you're here. Thanks, Elana. So I'm Claire. I'm a psychologist. I work a lot with children, with teenagers, with young adults, um, and a lot of, with girls and a lot of transgender clients as well. So I'm here to try and expel some of the myths and to encourage open communication, open language. And I'm super, super excited to be having this conversation. Now, Corin Janes, I am a fan of your written work. You have been the words of my mouth in several television shows that were produced that I got to be the presenter of. But you're not just a writer. You are on one of our previous podcasts. Uh, please go and listen to it on babybrunch.co.za. It's called Flip the Script, where Karen did an interview, uh, just her son, but her son got to interview her. And today you're joining us as well. Please remind us why you are here and also why you want to be part of this conversation. Thank you, Ilana, for having me back. Um, yes, I'm a writer. I write a lot for TV and I also write a lot um, for for Africa Check and, and fact checking. And that's how I got into this topic of menstruation. Um, I think it's something that we need to talk very clearly about, that we need to um, be able to have conversations about and and arm ourselves and equip ourselves with facts and with knowledge and and with openness. And, uh, you know, yes, as well as being a writer, I'm also 
always trying to be an activist for parents. Um, you know, my kids have gone through a lot. Their friends have gone through a lot. And often, actually, the biggest obstacle is, is parents needing to catch up, you know, needing to be able to deal with difficulty, to be able to understand that their kids are maybe living in a different world to the one that they themselves grew up in. So I think we need to always be challenging parents that, you know, because they love their kids so much, they need to get over their fears and be able to embrace everything that their children are dealing with. And in this case, menstruation. This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. The range of Epimax Baby and Junior gentle all-purpose emollient moisturizers is an all-day, everyday favorite for babies and children. Give your child a good start to every day by nourishing and protecting their skin with EpiMax. Well, my name is Ilana Afrika Bredenkamp. This is Parent and Baby Brunch, and we're lucky to have all our experts with us. Flo, the book about menstruation. A big thank you to Candice Sherwa, Karen James, Poncho Pilani, Dr. Ilana Johnson, Tarek Hussein, as well as Claire Fury. Now, we couldn't have everyone with us today, but we've got... We've got you, and we're going to talk about this. The reason I'm interested in this is because I'm raising three daughters and a son. I'm a stepmom, and my youngest is four. And my six-year-old this week came home, and she used the word sex. Now, even though she knows about intercourse, DNA, and the way it works in science, I had to explain the other part because I'd rather have my child hear it from me than on the street uh, the very next day, we had the chat around menstruation, and she totally got it. I explained how there's lots of eggs inside mommy's tummy, and if there's lots of eggs that are produced, what will eventually happen? And she said, your tummy will pop. And I said, maybe it wouldn't pop, but it needs to get out somehow. And she explained that it can either be uh, come out via a cesarean or it can come through your vagina. So we chose vagina this week. Maybe next week we can choose a different way of how it can come out. But let's get to it first. I mean, Corin, what would you say this is a book about? Because I see in the book you share some of your own experiences. I particularly enjoyed the part where it talks about menstruation and intercourse, sex. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a book about demystifying menstruation, uh, taking it taking it out of the closet where it's been kept for so long and saying this is part of our bodies. This is something that happens to over half the world's population on a regular basis. And it affects so many aspects of our lives from, you know, from sex to school to, um, you know, the workplace uh, to our families and our relationships. And we really need to just talk about it. Minister, I was surprised that there were so many pages in a book that could all be about menstruation and your period. And every page is really interesting. This for you is a book about advocacy, activism, and inspiring real life change in the household. I think for me, if I had this book when I started menstruating, I would have viewed my body very differently. I would have understood puberty very differently. I think my relationship with my body would be a, a very more self-loving one than a a hating one because I think oftentimes I saw it as awkward and I was afraid and I was scared so for me this book is really about the transition to allow young people to celebrate their bodies and embrace the process rather than being afraid of it 
You probably have some ideas or personal experience about what menstruation is. Menstruation is a physical thing that happens to the bodies, about half the world's population. But menstruation also affects you emotionally, has social and cultural meaning, and sometimes impacts on our human rights. And because it's to do with our genitals and blood, and some people think it's gross or embarrassing, we don't talk about it nearly enough. This book essentially starts out right in the beginning, and it has an anatomy lesson. And it's been fascinating because I think that so many people, you know, we, we wanted to write this book not only for people who, who are starting to menstruate or are starting on this journey, but also people all of our ages and, and even older who maybe didn't get all the information the first time around or, you know, maybe got a bit of it, but they've, they've forgotten it. And, you mm. know, the menstruation changes, there's the whole menopause process, there's all of those things. And so many of us, even who actually menstruate, don't understand the anatomy of it, let alone uh, a lot of people who don't menstruate have really no clue or a very worrying idea of what might be going on. And so, yeah, as, as, as Candice is saying, it's empowering and it's, and it's mm. body positive that we need to really understand, use the, use the real language and understand actually physically what is happening to us. Yeah. Sorry. I think what I appreciate the most about the, the illustrations in the book is that it really looks at how period products are placed within the body. Cause I think oftentimes when we see these products like a menstrual cup or a tampon, we get so overwhelmed at how these things could even fit. Where does it fit? Does it get lost? But having these illustrations actually de demystifies the, the, the sort of um, fear around these products. So I really, really appreciate that because even in biology in high school, we only just saw the uterus, and, you know, we all only understood menstruation from a biological perspective, but yeah. now actually seeing these period products being used, actually seeing where it sits within the vaginal canal is so, so empowering. So, yeah, I, I like that about that book. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because one of the illustrations is an actual panty. And I'm thinking now yes. of all the times where, you know, in your younger days where you place a pad and then you go missed it again you know like I'm just actually not sure kind of come with a little line marker where they say place here you know and and you actually just get it right every time but other than the illustrations and the actual using of our, our products whatever your preference is this is psychological Claire yeah, I want to just touch on what Candace was saying and what you were saying, Lana, about the illustrations is that for me, it just eases so much anxiety. And a lot of children and teenagers, you know, like you were saying, they don't know what do these things look like? Where do they go? You know, what do I do with them? You know, we kind of expect it to just make these assumptions and figure it out ourselves. So that's the beauty of our book is that we've got these lovely illustrations in there and the explanations. So I, I love that. And you know, what we've said as a team often is that I wish I had this book when I was a teenager, when I started menstruating, it would have been amazing. So I'm, I'm so glad that we can offer this. Um, so, you know, from a, a psych or psychology perspective is, you know, there, there is a lot of this anxiety and the shame that goes with menstruating. You know, we, we feel like oh, I've got to hide it. I can't tell anybody. Um, no one should know that I'm menstruating. It's got to be this big secret. And my philosophy, my wish from this is that we get rid of that notion. You know, let's talk about it. Why don't we talk about it? We need to talk about it. So 
I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping for a lot of validation from that. Like, yes, it's okay. We can talk about it. We've got this. You know, we can have these open communications, these open conversations. Why, why is it so traumatic? I mean, why why is puberty traumatic? I, I spoke to um, a few moms, actually. Well, I speak to moms all the time, but I spoke to three teenage moms recently. The one, the one used the word disgusting because her child's not bathing at the moment. And the other one said, um, having a teenager is awful. She used the word awful, right? Why is puberty traumatic and why do we label it? And I only giggle because I need to make light of it because hopefully this will pass and we will all be informed and the world will be a better place. I, I, I think that question for me just, it takes me back. I feel like I'm triggered by that question because it takes me back to when I started developing uh, breasts at a very young age. Um, And I mean, I I started menstruating at the age of 10. Mm. So puberty came very early for me. And my, my classmates were looking at me like, why, what are these things on her chest? And then having to go through the process of buying bras at an early age. And then my friends are not buying bras. We're not even having that conversation about, oh, this is the type of bra that I like. This is the type brand I had it was so traumatic because I felt that something was wrong with me and the the lack of conversations that we weren't having in the the, the preparation of puberty in terms of this is a, a transition you're going to feel many moods you're going to get develop acne you're going to develop breasts you're going to develop um hair in, in strange places was something that I didn't have the I didn't have those conversations it was only until high school when I came to across a low textbooks and I was like, well, I already know what PBT is now and I I see it in such a negative light. So I think more than anything, we're not having enough conversations in a very positive light like you are, Alana, and saying, this is, you know, these are the this is the these are breasts, these are boobs, this is a bra, this is and just and just demystifying these conversations and just saying, look, nothing negative is happening. You're just becoming a grown-up. And with that comes a lot of responsibilities. And with that comes a lot of taking care of yourself. And that's how you have to do it. Um, so yeah, I think for me, it's, it's just, it always takes me back to that that moment where I was 10 years old and I just had these huge nunga nungas. And I was like, why is this happening? What's going on? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and and I think what's, what's often hard for parents is I think that we have a tendency to want to protect our children. You know, it's a natural mm. thing as, as a parent, you want to protect your child. And often that's sort of like people want to protect their innocence. So, oh, they're so little. I don't want to, I don't want to tarnish that or whatever else, you know, because in our heads, these things around puberty, it's all tied up with sex. It's all tied up with all the stuff that we don't want to think of in relation to our children. We don't want to. And so what happens is, like Candace is saying, she read that when it was too late. You know, what happens is we're not actually empowering them and equipping them and preparing them in a non-scary way for, look, this is going to start happening. As you get older, these are things that are going to happen. And um, and so then it happens without them knowing what's going on. And that's scary. And that's overwhelming. And that's and then we tell them too late because then we're like, oh, OK, now they're 14, 15. Now we can talk to them about sex. And it's like, ah, mm-hmm. that's too late now. You know, they've, mm-hmm. they needed to have those conversations earlier on. And and I think we need to be so aware as parents that words matter a lot to our children they cling on to things they remember things you know there's stories in the book from from parents uh, or from people talking about their own menstruation saying you know oh my mom joked when I was six that I was going to have to pay for my own menstrual products and I spent five years worrying about that and how I was going to pay for that you know or 
oh no, that's a secret. You don't, you don't want to know about that. That's, you know, oh, that's, oh no, it's a terrible thing. It's a curse. It's Mm -hmm. all these things. And we build that and we model that for our children. And if we model Mm -hmm. that this is a healthy thing, this is a great thing. This is part of your journey as a human. And this is so exciting. um, And we model and lead it that way. Then we're able to take away some of that fear and take away some of that um those clashes that happen so often between parents and and kids because because it's coming from fear and a lack of knowledge and a lack of trust I think you know it's so interesting because yesterday I I did a webinar with uh one of the business leaders of, of one of the social media platforms and she's a mother and we talked about how sometimes we look back and say um my parents made so many mistakes right but now that we are parents, we're making other mistakes. You know, we're making new mistakes. So also having said that, um, may we understand that our parents came from a point of view where they also didn't know. And that's why it's wonderful that you've created this guide that from what does your bra look like to how do you wear your panty to how do you insert a tampon to my favorite, favorite, favorite section in the book which says, how do we know something is right and how something is wrong? Because here's the thing, growing up in my community, if you had your period, it was said, oh yeah, say sick, she's sick, which means Mm. you're ill, you know? And minister, do you want to take me through that? I mean, the the, the something is right and wrong. What can we take out from that? And what do you want to say to parents and people watching this and listening to this podcast? So I think why, why that section was important is because oftentimes I tend to get a lot of questions about, is it normal that, I'm, that my period is this? Or is it normal that I'm experiencing this form of period pain? Or is it normal that this and this and this? And I think this chapter alone is really just about equipping the readers, menstruators, non-menstruators about when something feels right with your body in terms of your cycle, diarize it, keep track of your cycle. But then if there's something that's out of norm, so you experience that, you know, you you see like orange blood for some weird reason, then make, make use to go and see a doctor. I think we often view doctors within in relation to sexual reproductive health as firstly very expensive and also very distant um, because we are often told as, as, as menstruators that, you know, if we experience pain or if we're experiencing any form of other period symptom, we should just get over it. That's our period. That's what's expected. And so that chapter alone is really just allowing people to advocate for themselves, to know and equip themselves with certain things to say, if you experience this form of discharge, then you should see a doctor. Experience this type of pain, you might have this. Because oftentimes people are always freaking out about their periods because they don't know what is normal. Um, so for me, I think that chapter alone just speaks really it speaks true to every person who menstruates, no matter how young, how, how old, there's always something that you need to learn about your period. And as you grow, there's always something that you can be like, oh, I've actually experienced this. I didn't know about this. He has this chapter that talks about it. So that's why I love that chapter. It's really, it's really important and powerful. Now, like we're having this conversation, it's really difficult in homes and even in the workplace to have this conversation Um, I could also play devil's advocate and say in the workplace, is this really the place where we need to have conversations about menstruation? You know, just get on with it. Uh, (laughs) Do your work, 
You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, Claire, from a psychology point of view, I mean, why is it important to have these conversations on that kind of level too? A part of me thinks it's important because I don't want to meet another colleague that makes another period joke, you know? <laughs> I want to actually just go back to, to when Karen was speaking mm-hmm. and when you were speaking, Ilana, about having the conversations with children and you know, what I was reflecting on when you were both speaking about it was that it's just, it's so valuable and it's such a beautiful tool in building your relationship with your children and establishing that open communication and most importantly, that trust because now, okay, mom's spoken to me about it. I can trust her. I can talk to her about these things. Mm. So I wanted to just go right back to that and go to the the basics. Um, And I think, you know, as we get older, it does get tricky, you know, in high school, it's terrible having your period because you also, you anxious, like, is my pad going to leak? Is my tampon going to leak? You know, are people going to smell it? You know, there's all these things that go on in our, in our heads during that time. And then when we get to the workplace, it's also, it's difficult. And then, you know, like you always have to hide your products when you go into the bathroom and, you know, then you know, that gives the question, why don't we have products available in the bathrooms? Like, why is there not a jar of pads or tampons or whatever the case may be in the bathroom? So I think it's going to start with us. It's going to start with us being open about it, communicating about it, verbalizing it and not keeping it hidden and this huge secret. Yeah, I think, you know, the fact is that that menstruators are in the workplace, which is why we have to talk about it. And mm. it was so interesting when we um, we spoke to an HR expert for the book as well when we discussed this. And Althea herself kind of said even it caused her to reflect on her own actions as an HR manager to go, if even I, I had a really bad day two days ago because I'm really struggling with a terrible pain and I could not move and I could not get out of bed, but I didn't want to tell work that it was my period because I don't want them judging mm. me. I don't want them thinking it's all that sexism that we're used to, you know, that that comes into play that like, for so so long, women were kept out of the workplace because of this, you know, but kept out of certain roles. And so we have a fear around that. You know, we have a fear around saying, I actually, I don't know how good I'm going to be able to do my work today because I'm menstruating and I'm in a great deal of pain. Um, mm. And again, I think that there's layers because there are menstruators for whom it isn't painful and it is completely easy. And some of them are also sitting there judging you and going, well, why are you making such a big deal out of it? You know, and, and I think that's also part of what I hope the book and what I hope the conversations is, is again, that your period is not my period. It's not Claire's period. It's not Candace's period. And your period now might be different to your period 10 years ago. And, and so we, but because we don't talk about it, we don't know. And so we make all these assumptions that if this is what it's like for me, it must be like that for you. And it must be like that for the next person. Um, and so, yeah, until we are able to have those conversations about it in the workplace to go, okay, this is a fact. This is what people are dealing with. How do we make this work? How does this work yeah. for our company? How does this work for our situation? Um, but yeah, we, we need to, to start being open about it. I'd just like to add, I think it's so, it, for me, it's, I mean, from a policy perspective, because I, I did my research with the United Nations, and since 2017, there have been multiple countries that have had 
period paid leave. Um, and last year, Zomato was the first corporate, you know, company to instill it. And, and they said they want to have an open um, policy where the employees can come and say, I can't take, I can't work today, but if I'm able, I can work from home. Because I think that's what the pandemic has been, has, has allowed us to just work from home. But I think what I also advocate for in that chapter in particular is, you know, like if you do have a period product and you are in the uh, you are in the office, like just show it. Like don't feel afraid. I am mm-hmm. I am the type of person where if I'm out and about and I have my tampon or if I have my pad, I literally take it out and I walk to the bathroom holding my pad in my hand because at the end of the day, it is a product. I need it. It's a necessity. Um, and I think that's why I always ask people, like, if you have so much disdain towards this product, I ask you the question, what would you do if you didn't have toilet paper? Mm-hmm. So I need this as much as you need toilet paper. So don't have some form of fear towards it. And I think that should go within the workplace, in particular for our male colleagues. When you see that I'm having a very difficult day, don't use it as an opportunity to say, oh, it's just a PMS. Let's just throw chocolate or she's just understand that there are actual fluctuations that are going on in my body. I'm experiencing a wave of different symptoms. And so give me just the the sensitivity and support me in that phase. Ask if I need a hot water bottle. Ask if there's period painkillers that you you could possibly get. Just be supportive instead of judging me for something that I have no control over. And I think that's just something that non-menstruators should understand. Or just don't say anything if you're going to say something silly. Just shut up. (laughs) when you know it i i explained it to someone like this recently so obviously i've been talking about the fact that i'm reading the book and and the person in question said to me so why is it such a big deal i said it's a big deal because some young women can't go to school because they can't afford pads he says okay so they'll stay at home i say so in 28 days if you can't eat for six days and you need to stay at home, right? You're missing six days of school out of 28 days every month. It's not a big deal. And he was like, oh, well, now that you were explaining it that way, maybe maybe it is a big deal. And that's what I hope that this book will do, that it will create such an awareness that, that we take it serious enough to know that our young people need us, you know? I can say a hundred things about this because the book it is amazing from the beginning to start and um, from the beginning to end. And I want to congratulate all the writers and the researchers and and three the three of you joining me today. I want to get to this final thoughts and why we should read the book. Karen, over to you. <laughs> I think we should read this book because what I discovered when writing it was that everybody wants to talk about it. Everybody from 10-year-old girls to 80-year-old men to my teenagers to my mother to I had conversations I'd never had before. I learned things writing this book that I didn't know. And I think we should read this and just feel so, you know, happy and empowered and and able to help other people. I'm going to hop on with what Karen said and just agree with all of that. I think it's such a, a beautiful book and a beautiful way to, to learn more. And I, I also learned so much through writing the book, through reading it, through collaborating. And it's helped me grow as a person, as a therapist. And I found myself opening the conversation a lot more with my teenage girls about menstruation and about their periods. 
And it's also what I love is that it's not just for women, single dads. This book is amazing for them because it teaches them so much. They don't have to be so scared to talk about menstruation, to talk about tampons, pads, all of that. So this book is a necessity as far as I'm concerned. I will take this opportunity to address the menstruators and non-menstruators of the Republic of South Africa and greater beyond. I'm going to be very ministerial in saying this book is an opportunity to establish the period positive world that we've all been calling for. It's an opportunity to put extra pressure in particular in our government in ending period poverty. It's also an opportunity for non-menstruators, you know, for men who want to understand more about periods, to know about how it happens, what they can do, how can they be better partners and how they can send more e-wallets whilst menstruating because I appreciate e-wallets whilst I'm menstruating (laughs) so it's just really just an opportunity to learn to empower educate and just call for greater advocacy in our world and yeah I think it's just it's all about just being open and talking more about periods period love this you are superstars (laughs) and so is the book details on our social media platform about how you can follow these amazing writers, contributors, superstars, superheroes, ministers, and people who are helping other women understand their bodies, but most importantly, educating the world on something that is just so normal that most of us have got right now. Ladies, thank you for your time. Thank you. This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved, free of artificial colorants and fragrances, and is safe to use from birth. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores. Baby Brunch, the parenting series, is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. With FedHealth, you create your perfect medical aid. From the benefits you want to how and how much you pay. Visit fedhealth.co.za and switch to FedHealth now. FedHealth, create your aid.